He can take you and distract you from the plan that God has for you. And God's got a great plan for you. An awesome plan. We had a privilege of going for the first time in our lives on a sabbatical. I was normally thinking when people want to go on sabbaticals, um, they're lazy. And uh, I, I, I like hard work. I think it's awesome to work hard. And we went on sabbatical for four months. It was, uh, was a planned one, and we went, and it was awesome. It was very tough in the beginning, and then in the end, God just spoke into our lives. And while at that time, reassessing, we've been 25 years in the ministry, 26 years now, and reassessing where we're going, God started to speak to us clearly on things. And, and we realized that we were fighting a lot of battles in our lives, but like seven, eight, nine, ten of them at the same time. And we realized that these battles or Goliaths or mountains, we need to refocus. And make sure we can't fight seven at one time. And so we came back with three things that we realized that we trust God that will move. The first one is, when I got ill five years ago, our building project stopped. People, people stopped giving. There was a lot of things happening Economic crunch time. And so we literally stopped. We nearly lost it. And through prayers and a lot of support, we were able to go forward. But it was like nothing is happening. Now, um, it started to become a, like a, like a uh, not ruins, but it's just started, just, just this building, just nothing happening. And people in town talking about this place, half finished. And, and for us, we stay about a mile from less than a mile from the building. So we drive every day past our building. And it's, oh Lord, help us. Lord, please bless us. Lord, change this thing. It just felt so much like an impossibility. I just trusted God that something will happen. And so that was one of the things we knew. That one of the mountains that needs to move or the Goliaths that needs to die is this building. It needs to be finished. The second thing was, having a clear word about the, one of our congregations in Clarkstorp. And I realized that God called me to go and build, rebuild the foundations there. And thirdly was my son, Julian, who had for many, many years had this dream, audacious dream, of coming to study in America from South Africa. And he had this dream of studying at R. Roberts University. And people ask us, we live in a college town, so why do you want to send your son to America? There's a university here. So we have a word. But it doesn't make sense. You know what? It's so expensive. Sending your son to another nation. Why do you want to send him there? Can't he be trained here? In, in your city. And it's so difficult when you explain to people, that's not the word that we have. The word that we have is to send him to the States. We really have a word. Now, if we looked at our finances... It didn't make sense. Um, our currency right now, Lindsay, is 11 to 1. So when we first came many years ago, it was 7 to 1. So um, the type of money we needed for that, I didn't, when people tried to convert it into our own currency, I said, stop. Don't do it. Uh, we needed roughly about $40,000 a year. And 40,000 rand would have been a challenge. That's 11 times less than, um, so it's, uh, it's just, it doesn't translate. 
at all. And we said, Lord, we just come before you. We stand before this impossibility. And every time we, we, we got anxious, we got distracted. And when we were distracted, we lost focus. And I remember coming back from sabbatical, and it's, um, our seasons are a little bit different, and it's totally the opposite to what you have. So we have winter time now. We had one of the coldest winters in 31 years in our city. And so coming back in April, April has, in South Africa, has a lot of long weekends. They could just close the month and give us a new month. It's just long weekend after long weekend. It's just one normal weekend in the whole of April. And coming back and, you know, trying to excited in the Word, excited what God has said to us. And I remember one Sunday night coming back from church, I was actually, um, and let me quickly, before that, can you show our church to the people? That first five slides, thank you. Just no, 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 the, the people, not, not the building. That's a nine o'clock congregation in Poch. Then go to the next one. That's our 11 o'clock congregation, more international people. Then that's our campus congregation. That meets at campus. I have service right now. Then uh, that's our Clarkstop congregation and our new church plant where they got uh, engaged. The next last one is uh, the Parade congregation, which Pastor Bubba was with me when we started that one. I think we can go back to the, um, just any, any scripture you want to choose. I will follow that, okay? So we're standing in this impossibility, and we're thinking about this building. Nothing is happening, really. And um, one of our, several of our family members were challenged financially. My father-in-law was a consultant for city council. He lost his consultancy job. My brother-in-law was going through a tough season. My sister's going through a tough season. It just feels like a real old, good country and western song. You know, everything, everything is walking away from you. Your horse, your wife, your children, the ducks, the chickens, the pigs, everything's walking away. You know, that's, that's why you have backward masking. When you turn around, it comes back to you, you know. But it's like real, real sad old country western song. And I was really feeling depressed that night. And I said, said to my wife, Celeste, I said, you know, if, if we can just have one area of breakthrough. Because I didn't want to disappoint Julian. And uh, he will share a little bit about his testimony in a moment. I don't want to disappoint him, and I know his dream. And I'm facing this building thing, and nothing is happening. And I'm facing all these impossibilities. And I think if you can relate to some things you're facing right now as impossibilities. Some of the dreams you've left alone, you forgot about because you feel like it's impossible. Can't do it. And I said, if there's just one area of breakthrough... I know I will celebrate it and the rest will come through. And that, we prayed. And it's like a domino effect. Just not dominoes, the pizzas, dominoes, the, the, the game. Um, and, and I remember we prayed, just simple praise the Lord, we come before you. We thank you, you called us to be back. We thank you, Lord, you are God, our provider. And Lord, we come before you and we just trust you for supernatural breakthrough. Just a simple prayer. No kumbaya songs, no fireplace, nothing else. Just trusting God. That Monday afternoon, my financial administrator came into the office. She only cries when, when there's money coming into the church. And so, real big money. And she was full of tears. And I'm really excited when she's full of tears. Uh, because that's a good sign for me. And she said, somebody I don't know 
just paid in $40,000 into our building fund. That's 400,000 rand. It's, it's huge. I mean, for the last year, we didn't have any movement on that building. And it was enough for us, and you can show the next, next this, the pictures of where we're at, enough to us to finish the, we're putting up the roof and getting the venue set. It's going to sit 250 people. Um, uh, finishing it off, they're busy building it right now. We're moving in the end of this year. And so it's just an impossibility bowing its knees. And shortly after that, somebody else gave 600000 close to $60,000. Another person gave 100000 rand, close to $10,000. So 1.1 million rand. For years it stood still. And suddenly breakthrough came. Now, I don't think it was my magic prayer. I just think it's a focus prayer. And, and that's, it's not like we come as magicians. We come as faithful people in God. And I realized, I said, thank you, Lord. The breakthrough will come with my father-in-law. The breakthrough will come with my family. The breakthrough will come with my son. And I remember the Thursday morning, I was really feeling, Lord, we need breakthrough for Julian. Honestly, we need breakthrough. And, uh, and really nothing is happening. I don't want him to be disappointed. He has this dream. There's this impossibility. And uh, Friday night at 11 o'clock South African time, we got a call from Oral Roberts University. And they said, congratulations, Julian. You won the whole person scholarship. Um, of five, there was five people who got it, two internationals. And it's not, listen, it's not because my son is the smartest. Honestly, he's, he's smart. I love him. But, I mean, it's not because we, we, we've got connections. It's not because... We know back route. It's just because we really trusted God. God gave a strategy after the strategy. And, um, and so that you got a $20,000 per year for four years scholarship, which paid half of it. And if I have to tell you some of the other miracles, it's just outstanding. But I want Julian to come and share a little bit out of that testimony um, because he was part of the facing the impossibility. Uh, thank you, Julian. First, in the beginning, they told us, well, we didn't even grade our last one. It was so bad. 
that's terrible. So, but then we, we, we said, well, we'll go for a remarked action with a remarked paper and we'll look at it again. And um, so, so we went for a remarked paper. So, well, we just want you to know, in the history of, of, of the South African Parliament, there has never been an improvement of growth after a remark. It doesn't change anything. So, but I mean, since you're paying for it, we might as well. And then two, three weeks went by, and then they wrote back and said, congratulations, your grades have improved, but you still haven't passed. <laughs> so then they sent us the paper so we can look at all the scores and things, and we counted up and saw that they miscounted. And I told them, look, I've got 52%. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've passed. And they said, well, we don't count the same way. Like, why? And so, so that was a long process. It took about two weeks, and they said, well, fine. <laughs> we'll give it to you. Yeah, you've got 52. Congratulations. But you need at least 55 after a wrong. After, if, if in the case of a wrong a miscount, you need at least 55 in order to recognize it as a miscount. <laughs> so I missed it by 2% again. And, but we just felt, you know what? We're going to go for the we're still going to aim and see what we need to do to get into LED. And um, so we started the process. I had to get all my child vaccinations again. <laughs> Among other things, I mean, that's never mind financial things. I mean, this is just my, from my academic point of view. I mean, that was a huge challenge. And I said, well, there's an option where you can go for an for equivalency agency, which basically, long story short, they take my grades and they, they weigh it up and they say, okay, what's the American equivalent? They, they, they tell you if you've got your high school training or not. So they weighed it up, and usually it takes two weeks. It took six months to get it done. And I mean, we had to go to the South African guys, some of the South African guys, the British guys, the British guys, who like, I mean, that was such a headache. And a week before we left, like two weeks ago, we got the results back from the remark, or from the, from the equivalency test, and they said, Congratulations, your grade 10, your, your 10th and 11th grade stuff counts as your high school diploma. And your 12th grade stuff counts as your first semester of university. Wow. And I mean, it was it was impossible. I have to I have to tell you right now, a lot of the things that we faced, and I mean that was that was just the academic points. I mean the financial thing, the, the whole Pearson scholarship thing that I got, I mean that was that was half the amount, which I mean is great, fantastic. But the day of the week after, it's still half the amount. I mean, you, you still need twice that amount. And I mean, we can do whatever we like. We can go there. Even with that scholarship, it still meant nothing. We still didn't have plane tickets. We still didn't have like any of the other documentation or things that we needed. And I still didn't even have the visa. So now I had to get all that stuff. And it would be a week, and it would be a huge challenge, something we face. And then we fight, 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 fight. I mean, we pull all-nighters, do things like that. And then it'd be a breakthrough. Something quick would happen. Like with the plane tickets, I mean, we'd pray, we'd pray, we'd pray, we'd pray. Um, try to figure out ways, try to find other scholarships, things like that. And um, then someone would call, someone who hasn't been in church for like five, six years, and they'll say, well, they're going to get an LED, they'll fill out that once, they need to sponsor the tickets. And so they gave the money, but the money, but then, the exchange rate went up, and it was only enough for one ticket. So my dad almost felt like, you know, he's just going to buy one ticket, and then when he gets to the airport, he's going to tell him, I'm sorry, I'm not going with you. 
I would have I wouldn't have been happy. <laughs> so please give me a week or something to prepare for that. But in any case, in the one night my dad phoned me, he's like, just get back tomorrow, go to this website. I was like, okay, what is this? All right, go to this website. So he gets up, searches the website, dad, it's a travel website last minute. I was like, well, no advertisement. It's just <laughs> So he goes to this, this website and um, he sees they've got a special for that night. Tickets are half price, so he can buy two tickets for that thing. And he, he barely got it. I mean, the same thing with a visa application, everything that, that, that just had to get done. It would be a week or a, or, or a few days of intense struggle where you feel like, this isn't going to happen. And the teacher would tell us, this isn't going to happen. And it would be a breakthrough. And I mean, I'm going to end on this, but um, when we were flying over, South Africa towards Germany, at a, at a half an hour layover at the airport, supposedly, and then we had to fly over to Houston and then QA to Russia. Well, what happened was the South African flights to Germany were delayed two hours. It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you get to Germany and there's no other flights to America, period. <laughs> and um, I mean, that, that causes a bit of a problem. So we get to, to Munich and they tell us, why did you oversleep? Did you oversleep? Why? And we're like, no, 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 no. We did not oversleep. We, we, we were late. And then they said, well, there are two more flights leaving to America. And um, you need a visa to leave the airport at those hotels. You're going to have to stay in the airport for the whole time. So um, the one was three or four hours away, and the other one was the next day. It would be yesterday afternoon. And they said, well, both of them are fully booked. But um, the first one goes to Washington. And there are 20 other people on the waiting list. We'll just add you there. These are the only two or three people to get on a flight. So we want to tell you, there's no way you're making it on there. But it's unethical not to put you on the waiting list. <laughs> so we'll just put it on there. Um, but don't expect much. I mean, we'll give you like a meal voucher or something. And yeah. So we were on the airport. And we went through security. And they were like, well, this, this, this plane is full. Like, what's going on? Like, there's no way you're going to make it. It's full. And there are people showing up. You won't make it. And we're sitting there at the airport, and um, people are coming, and more and more people are coming. So it's not a, we don't even feel like, well, there might be a chance. There might be like two people on the plane. <laughs> it's full. Full, full, full people. And then two minutes before takeoff, they put a list on. They said, we're selected the three to go on the plane. It was me, my dad, and another guy. Wow. And I mean, there was no way we were going to make it that far. And um, There's something um, I'm facing. I won't make it. And I mean, but that's why God put us there to break through that. And a lot of times we face a challenge and we go, well, maybe it's not God's will because it's a challenge. But I want to tell you, it's called a breakthrough because you break through something. You have to fight it. You have to break through it. And a lot of people, a lot of times we feel like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Comes to the second point. When you feel like, I mean, even now today, to be completely honest, 
we don't have all the money, all the things we still need. But that's when we focus on the things that God has done for us. Mm. That's when we go back to the miracles and back to the things that God has provided. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not sure this might have been James or Mark that uh, kind of references me working right now. <laughs> but um, there's a scripture that says, if we deny Christ, he'll deny us. And there, it goes through a few of those points that if, if you do this to God, he'll do that to us. But then it ends up and it says, if we are unfaithful to God, he remains faithful because he cannot deny who he is. Amen. So today I want to encourage you that God cannot deny who he is. So if you're facing a challenge, remind yourself of the things that God has provided in your past. If not for you, then for someone else. Amen. If not for today, remember yesterday. Remember the things that God has provided, the impossibilities. When you, when you were standing on the one side of the Red Sea, and Pharaoh was behind you, and all the enemies were behind you, and you had nowhere to go, how God opened the way, and there was no way to get there. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Thank you, Julian. He, he's going to study ministry as well. Um, so he'll have his opportunity preaching. Um, facing the impossibilities. I want to, I said two scriptures, and the scripture I want to read today to you is Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And I think it's so important. Jesus was going on, on holiday, vacation with his, with his disciples on the way to the boat. They met a few Pharisees, and the Pharisees said, Show us a sign. And Jesus said, for you, hypocrites, I will show nothing. And his disciples were very upset. Jesus, you on, we're on our way to vacation. We had just had a good crusade. Just show them a sign. Fry them, do something, you know. But just show them a sign. No. And I went on the boat. And, and here's the thing you realize is many times when we get distracted, we get distracted by good religious people. Saying, are you sure this is God's will for you to go there or do this or have that breakthrough? Don't you, don't you think you should stay in Egypt or you should stay in the situation? Don't you think this illness is actually God's will to showing you His love? Don't you think this poverty situation, this impossibility you're facing right now, is actually God on your way just wanting to teach you something? But this is what happened. So they went on a boat. And the story goes in verse 14 about this. But the disciples had forgotten, say with me, forgotten, forgotten, to bring any food. Then it goes, it says, they had only one loaf. Say with me, one loaf. One loaf, one loaf of bread. That's not good. With them in a boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, watch out. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. We read about yeast in three chapters. Ways it's yeast of this of the kingdom of God, yeast of Herod, yeast of the Pharisees. The Pharisees says there is a God, but it doesn't have power. Herod says, Well, the God that we serve is the God of money. He says, Be careful of what spirit you just caught up. And then he then he goes, and that's what Julian just shared. He says, And as they began to argue with each other because they didn't have brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, and so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? 
don't you remember anything at all? Julian just shared it. You know, many times when we're in the middle of a crisis, when you're facing an impossibility, you tend to forget. You get distracted. You're busy with a good thing, but then you get distracted. You forgot where you came from. You forgot the breakthrough, the testimony you just heard. When we are facing some impossibilities, even when we're standing right now, some impossibilities we're facing, we realize, Lord, we cannot panic now. We cannot go in a mode of, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? We have to stay in the peace of God. Because if we lose our peace and our joy, we'll lose our right thinking. And we'll make mistakes. And so these people are on the boat with Jesus on the boat and they start to fight. They fight because they only have one bread. One loaf of bread. And they fight with each other. It's a, there's a big fight. And Jesus says, don't you remember, don't you see? And this is what he said to them. Verse 18. You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? And then he said to them, when I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? And they said, 12. And they said, and when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves of bread, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? And they said, seven. And Jesus said, don't you understand yet? Here's the story. 13 people on one boat with one loaf of bread, if they discover that when Jesus is in your boat, they have enough bread forever. We would have read one of the greatest miracles, and we read stories about Harley Baker, you read stories about how, and you remember, some of you went, came to us when we, we, we had a feeding project, and you saw food increased. You saw it literally. We saw it so many times. Prayed for food, and it increased. In my book, I share a few stories where I grew up, where I saw food increased. But if Jesus is in your boat, here's the thing, is if Jesus is in your boat, and you have one loaf of bread and you're 13 people, you've got more than enough for a holiday. But if your mind is on the Pharisees and on Herod, Pharisees, well, he's a God, but doesn't have power. Or Herod, how much money do you have? What is happening, you're getting distracted. You're getting your, losing your focus because you're looking at your own ability, what you are able to do. Ephesians 6, and I want to close shortly with this. I won't keep you a whole day, promise you, even if I come from Africa. I've got a lot to share, but you can get the books. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. You know, you know the scripture, but I want to remind you of something. It's, it, it goes on, it talks about the, um, the spiritual weapons that we have. He talks about four times. He says, stand. When the enemy comes against you, stand therefore. Remember that? You've seen it? Let me quickly glance through it. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Say with me, stand. Against the walls of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual hosts of weakness. Verse 13 says, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day. And having done all to stand. Verse 14 says, stand therefore. That word for stand is in the original language called antihistamine. 
And I put it up on that. Antihistamine means to antihistamine to stand. You know, when you give somebody that's got a virus antihistamine, it means it's stopping, blocking what's coming from the outside. So people, the enemy wants to come and distract you. Take your mind of what God is doing. Take your mind from what that dream that God gave you. Show you that it's impossible. You will never change your life. You will never go from here. It's impossible. Don't even try to do things. You know, just give up. Don't even think that you can go any place. If he gets you in that place, he gets you, oh, Julian, you know, you're just an African. There's just no ways. With that marks that you have, I mean, we saw it. With the marks that he have, impossible. And then it came plane tickets, impossible. The visa, <laughs> that's the whole story itself, impossible. It's just so many impossibilities, but we remember it. We were reminded of what the word of God said. I was reminded I was dead and God made me alive again. I was reminded of the stories of life. I was reminded of the stories in this very building, how we saw miraculous things happening in people's lives. In this, this, very, this very, very building, we saw miracles that changed our lives. I saw how Ms. Cheryl was so scared of praying for people that sick. And I heard when Pastor Jamie prayed today, I heard that prayer of faith. I heard what happened in his life five, three, four, five years ago. I saw it. It's happening. I'm not coming to you today saying, I'm not just coming from South Africa just to share something with you. I'm coming to say, you face that impossibility. You face that mountain. You tell that, that mountain move. You have to stand to stand. You have to have some antihistamine. You have to fight this allergy. You have to fight this virus and say, this stops here. Nehemiah, while building that wall, verse 4 says, they send this message four times. And I answered them each time in the same manner. I'm busy with a good thing. Don't stop me now. Are you busy with a good thing? Are you busy with the thing that God called you, Julian? Would you come and play for me? Are you busy with that thing that God's face gave to you? Or are you getting distracted? So you don't need an African to come and tell you that God has brought you to this place to face those impossibilities. You say to that mountain, you move. If that mountain doesn't move, you climb that mountain. You say, move. You tell him, move. You don't bow your knees before impossibilities. You bow your knee before God that makes impossibilities possible. There's greater things inside of you than the things you're facing right now. Colossians 3.1 says, and I don't have it on a, on a projector, it says, in the message, it says, if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. You know, many times, I've told Pastor Jamie, many times when we face these impossibilities, we looked at what can we do. We just looked, what, what can we do right now? And we thought, what, what can we do? Okay, we can write an email. We can, um, 
I just, I just started to act in the right direction. You know, sometimes you just need to look like you want to have it. Even if it's, it just feels like it's nothing. You just, just, just try. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along eyes to the ground, absorb the things right in front of you. Be alert on what is going around Christ. That's the, where the action is. See things from His perspective. Your real life, remember, with Christ Jesus. is the one you need to live now. I want prayerfully for you to listen to this well-known song. I really want to sing to you today. And may God just minister to you. I just pray that something in your heart will get soft again and to say, Lord, I'm facing these impossibilities. But I focus on you. What are those impossibilities you're facing today? Don't you want to give God an opportunity? Nehemiah said, if you read chapter 6 and it's finishing, it says, verse 9, they were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. 
Can you say that? Would you just say, Lord, I want to determine. I want to determine. I'm determined my heart to continue with even greater, greater determination. I'm just, I'm going to focus on you, Lord. Mountain, you move. Goliath, you die. If I have a rock in my hand, if I have a staff in my hand, if I have ability to lock the mouths of lions, if God is with me, will I face impossibilities and say, I just, I just give up? Or will I stand? Will I have antihistamine? Will I be able to withstand and say, you will not be able to overcome your enemy. You will not be able to overcome his sickness. Well, I thank you right now for faith to be stirred up in this beautiful people. Faith to face the giants. Faith to, fa- faith to face the impossibilities. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, just right inside each one of them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I so want to pray with you, and I'm, I want to do it in a moment. So pray if you're facing sicknesses or impossibilities. We want to minister with you. And we will not leave. Pastor Jamie will leave me here. But I will not leave. And I, I really feel like God is speaking to so many of you today. I, I trust God. I can feel my spirit. God is speaking to you. God is stirring something in your life. There's dreams you forgot about. You gave up on those. Don't. Don't.